In a world so full of questions and confusion, sometimes it can be hard to know where to turn for answers. Lucky for you, you've come to the right place. This is Letters to Jules and Josh. Welcome back to the show, folks. This is Letters to Jules and Josh, the podcast where you get life advice from two totally unqualified best friends. I am Jules, and here with me is my Duke of Handsome Town best friend, Joshua. My man, how are you doing? You are always far too kind in the intro, my friend, but I'm doing well. I'm excited to uh, get started on this royal episode we have coming. <laughs> back to back British apps because the Brits are trending and we are trendy people, aren't we? We always try to be. We've got a great episode coming up for you all. A little bit of teenage angst advice, perhaps. Not sure what the word angst means. We'll find out. Also, some betrayal. Oh, boy. And finally, some good old-fashioned royal talk. Some royal rumble coming up. eh? From your two dukes of Duchess town. (laughs) What's this guy talking about? So... Josh, any any last words before we begin this journey? I think we got to move off the Duke analogies and head straight into the letters for now. All right, let's, let's Duke just that. <laughs> so our first letter comes in from Pete. And Pete says, Hi, Jules and Josh. I'm a big fan of the show. You both seem like really good guys and have some good, funny advice. So I think you would be able to help me out with my question. I'm 18 years old and I'm about to graduate high school here in Ontario. I've lived in the same smallish town all my life and I've always had the same group of friends. We play hockey, video games, just hang out, you know, teenager stuff. My grades are definitely good enough to go to university and I do plan to do that in the future. But this last year of school has been so lame due to COVID that I'm totally not motivated to do school stuff right now. I was talking to my mom about the situation and while she wants me to go to university next year, She said she would totally support me if I decided to take a gap year, but that if I were to do so, I'd have to have a plan of action to make sure that I wouldn't just be sitting around the house playing video games all day. Sounds reasonable, doesn't it? Indeed it does. She also suggested the idea of me going to spend some time in Australia working with my uncle there. He has a business in Sydney and said I could come down there and work slash live with him and his family for as long as I want. So that's kind of a cool idea, but also sounds scary. In conclusion, okay, I'm wondering what you guys think of the Australia idea and if I should do it. And also, if I don't do it and end up staying here in my hometown for my gap year, what would be some good activities I could get into to make it a productive year? Or is the gap year a bad idea in general? Would really appreciate your help. I'm an only child, so I don't have any big brothers to turn to. Aw, thanks, bro. Pete. Pete, what a cutie. We're we're happy to be your fake big brothers, right, Josh? Very happy. Okay, so first things first, this is a great question, Pete. Great to know that you're thinking about your future. Um, Josh, I'm definitely way more of a gap year guy than you. You've always been more of a like bang out school and finish this off type of guy. But I do think that this gap year makes a lot of sense, no? 
Yeah, um, at first glance, I think the most important thing about the gap year in this situation is the scenario we're faced with. And come to think of it, I really wouldn't want to start university without actually being able to go to the events or you meet people, go on campus. I mean, I think that's part of the experience, right? So I can really see the gap year being useful in times like this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the COVID situation will be in like late October, September, but I would imagine it's not completely over. And also, Australia has pretty much no COVID. So it would not be a bad call to go down there. But yeah, I mean, Josh, you made a good point. University is an amazing experience, but you really do have to be in the right mindset for it. And especially with COVID going on, it's going to be hard to be in the right mindset, you know, because if you go to university and you just go to class and then you come home and they never get to do any of the social parts of it, like that's how people end up hating it, right? Yeah. Like university, especially in those beginning few months, it's all about the It's all about aspect. fucking frosting, baby. <laughs> it's all about I mean, fucking Jared Ferguson and Clark Weeb. Frosh bros. Yeah, no, it's you really want to have those experience. You want to make those memories. And honestly, it's where you're going to meet a lot of maybe some of your future friends. So it would be wise to maybe hold off on it, especially if you already have the gap year in mind. Mm-hmm. If you're already thinking about it, toying with the idea and you're okay with taking some time off, I think it could be a very interesting idea for you. And plus, part of this is also that you have a good plan for the year off. I think Australia is a pretty great destination. Jules, I'll let you jump into that since you actually spent some time there. Yeah, Australia is sick, bro. Pete, Pete, my dog, my duke. Australia is sick. It's a very good time. Beautiful country. Uh, I was there for like seven weeks. I wasn't there for that long. But um, it's it would be a really good opportunity for you to go travel around the country, work, have some experiences. Definitely. And it's like built for backpackers. So if you're a travel guy, you can definitely go out and have a really good time. I will say this, Pete. Traveling alone, I've done a pretty good amount of. And if you're a person who's like, shy or nervous or any of the things josh is it's a really good opportunity for you to kind of like get out of your comfort zone and have to meet people you know because if you leave your town and you're in sydney i mean you'll have your uncle and you'll have his family but other than that you have to meet everybody new and what i really like about traveling to a place alone is that it just forces you it forces you to get up and do stuff Because if you don't get up and talk to people and meet people, you're just going to not talk to anyone the whole time. So it's a really good opportunity for you to do something like that, kind of grow as a person. I don't know, Josh, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I mean, you've touched on three big points here that I have down. The first one is, and we were just talking about this the other day, you mentioned that traveling somewhere on your own really forces you to get out of your comfort zone, meet new people, go out and take advantage of some new experiences to be had. So I think that that's a really good point going alone, especially you have a bit of a home base, it sounds like with your whole working with your uncle thing. Mm. But going alone without any friends really does push you to get out there. Number two, Australia seems like a really good place because of the fact that you can go out and do a lot of day trips. There's a lot of tourist destinations, a lot of kangaroos to see. Great Barrier Reefs to swim in, maybe even pop over to New Zealand if you find the time in this year. So (laughs) there's a lot of good options with the Australia idea. Yeah. And also a good thing about Australia is that everybody does speak English. So, I mean, it's cool to go to a place and learn a language, obviously. But for your first traveling experience alone, you won't be super lost. You won't not be able to communicate with people. So, yeah, I think definitely, definitely something you should do. 
If you don't yeah. do it, or even if you do do it, you should have some activities in mind. I mean, if you're in Australia and you're working and then you're probably traveling around, maybe activities are not as important. If you don't do it, Josh, what are some activities you think that our boy Pete could get into on his gap year? Well, look, I think going to work with his uncle in Australia and then going to explore off of that, mm -hmm. for me, seems like the best plan here. And I was going to say before, you did mention that I'm out of me and you, I was the one who plowed straight through school as fast as I could. And in hindsight, if I had taken a bit of time, I would have realized, you know what, I have some other interests. Maybe I'd like to pursue some things later on. So I think taking a step back once in a while, taking some time off is a good idea. But ultimately, if he weren't to go to Australia, I'm afraid I'm going to contradict everything I've just said. And I feel like there's not much to do probably where you're at. So I would probably just go to school versus, I don't know, trying to play the guitar for a year or <laughs> doing something like that, because everyone's going to be in the same boat as you if you are going to stay home. So I would probably just go to school if I was being honest. I don't know. I think, like I said before, university can be really sick, but like if you're starting already on kind of a burnt out vibe, I think you could really be setting yourself up for four years of not having fun. I would rank it as go to Australia. That's the best plan. But if you don't go and you just stay home, I feel like you may as well just kind of join if if you don't have anything in mind. I don't know. I feel like what's the what's the harm? And you know, you stay home for a year, you get a job, save up some money, maybe take up woodworking, the saxophone, maybe you learn Portuguese. Uh, or you could get really sick at rollerblading, dude. Like, so you could do so much with your time. You could be like hobbies guy. Right. I don't think that's a bad idea. Do you, have, do you have any hobbies that he could take up if he wanted to? Well, I mean, you, you brought up some good hobbies, but it sounds like he has to bring out a plan for his mom. So I'm not sure if mastering rollerblading. <laughs> but I think the thing about hobbies or the thing about learning a skill is you don't have to learn something that's going to have a direct translation to like my life right you know, it's, yeah and i think it's hard at such a young age to to know what those skills will be yeah you, you, we've talked about it before there's no real rush especially when you're that young to know exactly what you want to do is this going to be beneficial for my future you have time to do all those things later on we've had these discussions before yeah dude but so, if he gets really good at rollerblading like x games is like right there you know and that's big money bro that's yeah that's, that's a good point you look pretty sick too <laughs> a nice sponsor from monster energy drink or something letters to jules and josh sponsor yeah um i'll say there's one thing like if you're gonna stay home definitely learn how to cook like for sure that's just very useful yeah um but anyway otherwise <laughs> like go to australia man just go to australia and explore, work with your uncle, make some friends, do some nonsense. Just have some fun, man. Exactly. Australia is the plan. Let's do it, mate. Thank you for your email. Okay, email number two. And this one, Josh, is controversial. Hi, boys. I'm 35 years old. My name is Marianne, and I am single. I'm just telling you my age and relationship status because it will be important as the email goes on. Recently, I listened to your baby names episode. Very sweet, you two. <laughs> and it reminded me of a situation that came up with one of my lifelong friends. So I was in a really long relationship between the ages of 19 and 31. I thought we were going to get married, have kids, etc. It didn't work out. No need to get into it. I've been single for a while since. 
When my ex and I were together, though, we often would discuss baby names. I have always said, for years, all caps, uses in all caps, please pay attention to this, everyone, very important. Since I was probably about 12 years old, that if I had a baby girl, I would name her Olive. The problem with Olive is that you can't bring her in bed after naming her Olive because Olives are banned from the bedroom. Excellent point. I love the name. I think it's so cute and adorable and perfect for a girl. Anyways, my point is that I've said this, my ex knew it, my friends knew it, my parents knew it. Everyone in my life has always known that when I had a baby girl, I was planning to name her Olive. Good to have plans in life, eh, Josh? Can't have too many plans. Flash forward to about a year ago. One of my close friends since grade school, we'll call her Sophie, announces that she's pregnant and expecting a girl. Naturally, I was so excited for her, and I of course asked her what she was planning to name her. Sophie tells me she's not sure, and she's going to have to think about it. Flash forward again to a few months ago. <laughs> the baby is born. They post the first newborn baby picture on Instagram, and to my surprise, the baby girl is named Olive. Wow. I could not believe it. I was absolutely shocked. One of my lifelong closest friends stole my baby name without even asking if she could use it. This uh, is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. That entire last sentence was an all caps lock. Okay, let me just catch my breath here. I didn't say anything for the first few weeks because I didn't want to rain on her parade, but I eventually brought it up and said, hey, that was my idea for a name. I'm kind of sad that you used it because now I can't. And Sophie said that she thought she could take it because I've been single for a long time and haven't been talking about having kids much lately. Jeez, bro. I honestly feel quite betrayed. I have always been quite vocal about my intentions to name a baby girl Olive. Yes, you've made that very clear. <laughs> but she's also right that I have been single for a while now, and maybe kids aren't in the cards for me. I don't want to give away too much, but uh, I feel like it's not Sophie's call. It's not Sophie's choice. That's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Still, I feel like she at the very least could have asked, no, yes. <laughs> this is kind of causing me to feel a bit negatively towards Sophie, which also sucks because we've been friends for such a long time. So what do you two think? Am I overreacting? Should I just let it go? Or is Sophie in the wrong and should I ask her to apologize to me? Thanks for any help you can provide, Marianne. Okay. Jules, can I jump in really quick here? Yeah. I just want to start off by saying that we've previously gone over the fact that I use foods as pet names. Mm -hmm. And to think I have not added Olive to the arsenal is pretty embarrassing on my part. Is Olive work at all as a pet name now? I don't know. I think like she said in the email, Olive is a really good name. It is tremendously cute. Yeah, but you would just be calling your girlfriend like a completely different name. It's like you like the name Charlotte, so you just start calling your girlfriend Charlotte also, you know what I mean? No, but Olive is a food. Olive is a food, but it's also a name. I mean, I've never heard it before. Really? But I, I do agree that it is a very nice name. You're telling me you've never heard of the name Olive? I've heard of the name Olivia. Dude, that's weird. You yeah. know an Olive? I don't know if I know an Olive personally, but I know that Olive is like a name that is used in the world. Well, if you don't know an Olive, I know there's a movie called Olive the Other Reindeer where it's a dog named Olive. Olive for sure is a name. Hold on. Let me just quick, quick Google. Yeah, get research on this because Oliver and Olivia are names, but Olive, while very similar, 
Wait, you're telling me you think that Olive isn't even a real name? Well, no, because anything these days can be a name. Like, I'm sure we can find an Olive on Facebook, but... Dude, you're joking. Olive is like a, it's like a relatively normal name. Like June is a more common name than Olive, right? I feel like it's like similar level. No, see, that, I, I, don't, I haven't heard, I've heard of Junes. I have never heard of an Olive. Olive came into fashion at the end of the 19th century along with other botanical names when it had a run in the top 100. Fuck, what other botanical names were there? <laughs> wow, okay, so look at this. In 1860, Olive was ranked 95 in the top U.S. names. It had a nice run in the top. It even got up, look at this, it got up to 83. Number 82, oh my God. This is a really cool graph, actually. And then it drops, precipitous drop. And right after the Second World War, it really fell. Not sure what happened with olives around then. 1950, though, it bottoms out at number 900. Okay. Oh my God, actually in 2007, it was at number 1,000. It looks like it wasn't even in the top 1,000. However- Can you quickly check June? I will check June right after this. However, Olive has now risen back up the ranks and is, <laughs> is coming in. In 2019, Olive was the 213th most common baby name. Wow. I don't know a lot of babies, I guess. Dude, that's really weird that you didn't know about that. Let me look at June right here. This is a huge tangent, by the way, on our podcast. Massive. But I think this is something that could be interesting for the listeners. to. June know. is up 10% this week. <laughs> <laughs> However... June, it appears here. Wow, this is a real freaking up and down graph. June is well less common than Olive, dude. In 18... Are you sure it's just not more volatile? It's actually not as volatile as Olive because Olive was like kind of common and then it dropped to like completely not usable. Right. And now it's like kind of sort of common-ish. I guess the short was in on Olive. The short was in on the Olive tree. June, however, in 1880s, it comes in here at number 661. Then it just kind of goes back and forth, vacillates between like the 800s and like the 530s for a solid 200 years. And uh, June currently, the last poll on June, um, for some reason, this graph only goes to 1939, <laughs> 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 but it was number 964. One last little lookage here for June. Ooh, okay, you're right. In 2019, June was number 201 and Olive was what, like 220? Yeah, it sounds like sounds like you're right in that they're in the same ballpark of name usage level. Oh yeah, of course I'm right, but I was just trying to give you a win here, bud. It's okay. I'm not I'm clearly I don't know how to name babies. We've already seen that before. But June actually has been more popular over the years. Look, June rose up to like number thirty nine. June peaked at number thirty nine in nineteen twenty five. Great year to be a June. Yeah. Should we get back to our regularly scheduled podcast? Perhaps we should. Where were we? um let me let you jump in on reaction to this email before we put off marianne's original question any longer i mean just a lot of snakes in the olive grove eh <laughs> yeah. yep a lot of snakes in the grass my friend this a is a lot of snakes this is very whack this is very 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 whack josh i don't know how you feel i have in caps lock high level of betrayal <laughs> yeah this is really messed up eh this, this is, is messed up. This is very messed up. And what bothers me more is not only did she not ask, but then she like belittled you in a way being like, oh yeah, well, you'll never have kids. So you don't need this name. That's just totally unacceptable. There's no loyalty out here, bro. There absolutely isn't. And to think you've held down a relationship from 19 to 31. You're right in the time right now where you could meet someone at any point, probably start a family at any point here. Mm-hmm. 
And you've said you've had this name since the age of 12, right? Since you're really young. It's something where if someone was describing something about Marianne, they would say the olive girl there. Yeah, they would bring up the olive point. Exactly. So if everyone knows that about Marianne and then one of her close friends swoops in in the fourth quarter here. Yeah. And drains the olive three. What? <laughs> yeah, let's cut that. <laughs> I'm not going to cut it. And comes out and just kind of snakes that name away from you. I mean, the second part of my answer here is there's there's really nothing you can do at this point. There's no recourse. Here. Yeah, before we go full on uh, pandemic friendship declarage, I just have a quick story time actually, Josh, that is related to this email. It's like a kind of completely different story, but like also <laughs> similar. So as you know, my favorite basketball player growing up, Josh, was Dwayne Wade. Multiple times I have brought up to my family that if I were to have a son someday, I would be down to name him Wade. Also, remind me after this episode to check Wade on that website we just found. Yeah, let's do that at the end. No, but I think I only told like my mom, my older brother, maybe my dad, whatever. You know what I mean? Like not a real discussion, just like sitting at the dinner table and like, I'd be down to name my baby Wade. Also dropped the name Bear and Rio. Interesting. Yeah, take that as a, take that as a yes. <laughs> Anyways, I think like a year ago, I found out that my third or fourth cousin, Dana, you know, like these cousins that you don't really know, that's like, it's right. like your mom's cousin's like kid. Right. Dana had a baby and named him Wade. Okay. Now, how Dana knew about my baby idea and stole it, we will never know. I think the answer is she didn't. But Dana... How dare you? <laughs> How dare you steal my baby name, even though you had no idea it was my idea and we're not even friends on Facebook? But shame on Dana. So, right. so yeah, that's a similar situation. Not similar at all. Very different. But Jules, the difference here is that you can still use the name Wade for Marianne. She is now out of the name Olive because as I just previously alluded to the fact that I don't know any Olives personally, you couldn't have two Olives in your friend group. Yeah, the Olives are all out of the jar and there is no more usage available. Exactly. So this is a very hurtful situation to Marianne to not be able to use a name that she has wanted to use for a child, which may I remind you is forever. <laughs> Yes. She has been robbed of it. Children, much like diamonds, are forever, Joshua. They are near and dear to our hearts. And to think that she really took that away from you and then gave you that kind of BS excuse that why? Because you're no longer with someone at this point in time. You, you are, are no longer fertile? <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> harsh and just very inconsiderate of her. I mean, I, I don't know what to say because, you know, my last point here is from an apology standpoint, I mean, while you might think you deserve one and Jules and I, I think we agree, like you've been done very wrong here. I don't know. I kind of feel like Marianne's loins are no longer fertile, so we might as well just move on. <laughs> I just don't, like, even if you would ask for an apology, I mean, I just think that would create further tension. Yeah. Now she would know the kid is a source of animosity between yeah. you two. I mean, there's really no benefit for you except to sit this one out and just feel completely burned. Like 100%, dude, this is just a massive red flag on Sophie. This changes how you feel about her as a friend, like 1 million percent, right? Exactly. You ever met a person who you talk to and like, they seem like they're really normal and then all of a sudden like something comes out and you're like, whoa. Right. But this one stings even more because yeah. of the length of time they've been friends. You know, like it's really, I know we're a, an advice show, but I mean, this one just 
there's no advice to be given here. 100%. There's no advice. You have just found out that one of your closest friends is a fucking snake. Snake. <laughs> Put a snake emoji next to her name in your phone. That's what she deserves. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, you can stay friends. Like, you can try to stay friends, right? Like, it's going to be on you. If you want to keep the friendship going, you're going to have to get over it because Sophie is pretty much dead to me at this point. <laughs> but, um, yeah, dude, Sophie's in Slytherin. The rest of us are in Gryffindor. And she just created the divide. So you're going to have to be the bigger person. But otherwise, Josh is right. Asking her for an apology, it's going to make it super awkward. Like she's apologizing for having a baby. Also, you kind of gave her the chance and she brushed you off and insulted you sort of. Yeah, Josh, I'm out on Sophie. How are you? Yeah, completely out on Sophie. I'm sorry to you, Marianne. Honestly, you have the right to be upset, but there is nothing you can do in this situation. Jules is right. You got to be the bigger person and I guess carry on when you're ready here. Well, thank you for your email. <laughs> We spent the first half of the show answering your questions. Now it's time to answer ours on our world famous segment, the question of the week. So, Josh, I'm sure you've heard about all this drama in the royal family, haven't you? Big time drama. Harry and Meghan are officially out of the royal family due to some uh racism <laughs> <laughs> yeah putting it lightly so let's move on with that one and this week i bring you the burning question of the week joshua if we tried to marry in to the royal family why would we not be accepted by the royals <laughs> am i kicking this one off or are you kicking this one off well, if you want to give me an initial reaction on the question, that's totally cool. Otherwise, I do have some research that I did on the Royals because, as you know, I'm a pretty committed podcaster. Well, I, I think this question is very topical considering everything that's come out this week. I know you and I have both done some research in that we watched the interview, and I think this should be a, a good royal look at ourselves to see if we're a good fit. Let me ask you a question here. Did you actually watch the interview? Because I looked for it online and could not find it. Ended up just reading a resume on Reddit. As you know, my mom and I used to be big Oprah fans, so it was recorded in my uh, PBR system. <laughs> Good to know that the Hidalgo household is still both Latin and big fans of Oprah. Josh, please provide me with the first reason why you would not be allowed to marry into the royal family. We touched on it a little early on here, but when I've been outside in the summertime, <laughs> I've been lifeguarding, we've seen that my, my skin color can go quite dark, and yes. I'm not so sure how that would fit in with the royal family these days. To be sure, for all the fans, Josh is of Argentine and Greek heritage, so he gets very nice and tan, perhaps to a level that might scare good old Queen Elizabeth, no, Joshua? Yes, it, it could put a big fright in the royal highness queen herself. <laughs> I think it's a really good point that you make there, Josh, because as we saw in the interview, there was some scuttlebutt within the royal family about perhaps Archie, Harry, and Meghan's baby being too dark, or they're just worried about the color of the baby. It appeared so. Very unfortunate, obviously. Pretty uncool. I will tell you this. My mom is like the most innocent woman on earth, just like yeah. the purest heart of gold. And when I told her that, that the royal family was worried about the color of the baby when it was born, and that was one of the points of emphasis in their departure from the family, my mother said, but who would be worried about the color of a baby? And the answer, of course, is racists. Right. 
And at the, the end of the day, that is what's going on. And was it really a surprise? I don't think to many of us it was, but shout out to Karen for seeing the positive <laughs> in everyone. Okay, so we've covered the most controversial of all. Josh is too ethnically ambiguous to marry a dude duchess of Sussex. <laughs> <laughs> Me, on the other hand, definitely could marry into that family based on my race. Couldn't get any whiter. However... The first reason I would not be allowed to marry in is my beard. According to Katie Nicole's autobiography of Prince Harry, entitled Harry, Life, Loss, and Love, Queen Elizabeth is not a fan of beards. Okay. While Harry did receive special permission from the Queen to sport his beard at his wedding, the Queen let her displeasure be known about the beard, and it is said that Queen Elizabeth believes that men should always be clean-shaven. That's interesting. See, I did not know that. That would certainly put me in a better position than you, because you often have a very full, luscious, handsome beard going on. Exactly. This would particularly be a problem for me, because as you know, Josh, I rarely am clean-shaven, and that is because when I am clean-shaven, I look like a 16-year-old with weirdly red <laughs> anus-shaped lips. So, first of all, what princess would marry a weird, beardless, anus-lipped version of me? Well, I think you're being a little harsh on yourself, but continue. I am a monster. <laughs> But also, like, I obviously, I wouldn't be able to shave it off for fear of my fiance getting cold feet before the wedding, right? Right. And I think, I think you sport a very good look with your beard. So it'd be doing a disservice to what your potential is. Exactly. And so I would probably eventually end up getting thrown out of Kensington Palace for sporting an illegal beard and just being too overall ruggedly good looking. That's a fair and strong point. I like that one. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't you give us your second reason why, why you wouldn't be allowed to marry into the royal family. Yeah, I mean, you brought it up when you were talking about Prince Harry, the Duke of Sussex, and all the crazy titles that they've given themselves and the way they can actually take themselves seriously in public. I, I just, I don't understand how so many people have bought into the royal family and how they're able to keep this thing going. I mean, it's just, it really seems ridiculous to me personally. I don't know about you, but I don't get it. I don't think I'd be able to handle it if there was a reporter asking me, Joshua, Duke of Cambridge, <laughs> what do you think of this? I'd be, I'd be, I'd be cracking smile. Joshua, we've received reports that your son has been born slightly latino <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i wouldn't be able to take it seriously i mean at the end of the day i just i don't know i wouldn't be a good fit for that okay so really that's you turning them down more than them turning you down yeah i guess you could say that well this guy's getting high and mighty on us my second reason for not being accepted into the royal family is just like very poor table manners. As has been previously discussed on the podcast, I spill a lot. I'm also just like a generally sloppy eater. A couple hours ago, I found a grain of rice in my chest hair. <laughs> also, I hold a fork wrong. Have you noticed this? Yes, I actually, that that's happened before. You seem to have the wrong side going. So that, that would be an issue. No, sure. dude, not even just the wrong side. Like I found this out when I started having dinner at like an ex-girlfriend's house. But like everyone else holds their fork with like their fingers, right? Like yeah. adults. Whereas I hold my fork more like a chimpanzee who like just <laughs> recently evolved into being a human right. and it's like their first day eating a fork so i've got like a very intense grip on it yes it's true you do have an intense grip on a fork yeah so i uh i would be concerned that they would not accept my intense fork grip and like maybe they could give me some classes to deal with that but as we know i don't adapt well to new fork holds 
Right. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a good point because that's something they would certainly notice right away. Of course. Of course. It's like, oh, this guy has a beard. Oh, ruggedly good looking. Oh my God. Look how he holds his fork. (laughs) Why don't you give me your second one? Yeah. So I think you'll probably agree with this one. I don't think I have a strong wave or (laughs) red carpet presence. And let me just dive into that for you here. Okay. I don't think I would be well suited for the walks down the Buckingham Palace carpet. You know very well, Jules, that when it comes to saying hi, waving, I'm not a very strong, I don't have a lot of conviction behind my salutations to other people. This is actually very true. And I think as a royal, you have to be very firm and proper and not shy when saying hello to people (laughs) or waving. You know me, Jules, I kind of brush past people when we're in the gym, kind of look up slightly say hello i have hi. weak highs hi <laughs> yeah you kind of have to be more on like a hello governor vibe exactly my handshake could use some work my wave is probably underwhelming so mm-hmm. i think for those pageantry elements of being a royal i wouldn't be i wouldn't be up to par these are really really good points how do you think i would do on the handshake you think they would accept my sweaty palms because even right now my palms are very 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 moist Maybe you have some moist palms, but you certainly have strong hellos and how are yous. You, mm-hmm. you project your voice really well. True. When you would enter the room, you, you might even add in a little bow and it would, be, <laughs> it would be taken very well. You're a very theatrical royal. I could see you pulling it off quite well. This is true. This is true. I have been known to curtsy here and there. <laughs> and <laughs> another key point, Josh, on you is how many voice cracks before they just throw you out of the whole thing yeah certainly wouldn't last very long i'm not sure how they would stand when uh, at your wedding you you drop a i do <laughs> exactly my third and final reason joshua for why the royal family would not accept me is listen i am not much of a conspiracy theorist josh what <laughs> But if there's two conspiracy theories that I believe, first of all, Epstein obviously did not kill himself. Right. Come on. We're not falling for that one. Second of all, do you really think I'm going to believe that man landed on the moon? The shadows are way (laughs) off. (laughs) The shadows in those pictures are ridiculous. I'll say no more, Josh. But after watching two episodes of The Crown like six months ago and also doing an hour of royal family Googling earlier today, I can tell you with almost complete certainty, my friend, that the royal family was responsible for the death of Princess Diana. And if I ever got close to marrying into the royal family and met the queen, I would just constantly be like harassing her, just like hassling her. She'd be like, where were you that day? Prove to me you're not responsible for (laughs) Diana's death. And uh, yeah, I don't think that would go over very well. Well, if you had an inside avenue to the palace's secrets, I mean, that could make for a very excellent podcast episode not only podcast episode but a tasty netflix three-part special on Mm. jules ombi the duke of kensington palace (laughs) investigates the death of diana so that that yeah that could be a an interesting spinoff damn actually i've totally changed my mind now i'd be down to marry in just to crack that case very interesting turn of events we've come to seriously all right do you do you have any more or are you completely out no, I have one final point. Really? Wow, you came with the heat today. And I think you're going to agree with me on this one big time. Uh, you know me, Jules. Once in a while, I have my cravings. Mm-hmm. And my cravings are not of royal standards. 
I'll opt for a Sunny D or a Pizza Pocket. And I feel like if the Royals ever caught you eating some kind of food like that, you'd probably be disqualified. You definitely are not a high-end snacker, right? Exactly. And I don't even think I'd be able to handle their royal meals either. Mm -hmm. You know, like I could never do duck cooked in sous vide or swordfish. You know, (laughs) those those are not meals that I could particularly get into. So is swordfish like a very fancy food or are you just throwing it out? I have no idea what fancy (laughs) foods are. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely don't have a stomach to be eating in the royal caviar mansions, eh? Exactly. And where do royals really gather? Besides the public events, I feel like it's mostly for dinners. Well, also in the Freemason homes and things like that. (laughs) (laughs) When they're plotting like their murders and all that stuff, like they've got, they've definitely got paths underneath the houses and stuff. Yeah, you you do make a good point. So yeah, I wouldn't make for a very good royal because my meal capabilities are not that fancy at the moment. Well, luckily, you will never have to eat a royal meal, my friend, (laughs) because I will always be watching your back and making sure they don't murder you. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Okay, so it's certainly been an interesting episode. We gave some gappier advice. We saw the end of a friendship, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we indulged in some royal banter. Josh, any thoughts before we close up this outro? No, I agree. I think we covered everything as we do always with a lot of insight and very little helpful advice. It's been fun, friends. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next Thursday and every Thursday for another episode of Letters to Jules and Josh. That's Letters to Jules and Josh at gmail.com. Get your emails in. Join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram. And we'll see you next week. And make sure you let your friends know exactly what baby names you're planning to use so no one steals anything. That's a really good point. All right, everybody. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next week. Take care of yourselves, folks. Watch your backs. Have a great week, everyone. Peace. If I take you down, would you really hold me down and be your best friend? She just want to hit me with a quickie by the pool and I'm like, yes, ma'am. Got me feeling for your body, you might turn